and all the judgments that you have about other people, it's also true for them. What they're struggling with, the addictions that they have, the pains that they have, it's also true for them. Yeah. Let them go through their journey. Be responsible to them, but understand that you can't be responsible for them. You're not here to save and rescue anybody. Welcome to the New Age Sage Podcast, where you come to free your mind from all the things that keep you in suffering. Today's guest is Dallas Michael Sear. He went from b-boy and battle MC growing up in the hood to building a successful financial planning practice, which led him to discovering his true zone of genius as a master life guide and business mentor to conscious leaders as well as an inspirational speaker and spoken word artist for the last 13 years. He loves supporting leaders grow through their greatest adversities to reach their highest achievements. His work merges deep spiritual principles with grounded practical embodiment and often a lot of humor and in-your-face sarcasm and attitude. Over the last 10 years, he has been helping leaders heal and overcome their past to ignite their most powerful futures. Clients find Dallas usually after they have worked with other coaches, read the books, went to the workshops, and yet are still struggling inside. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Please like and subscribe or leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Dallas. Yeah. Where do I look? <laughs> <laughs> look at you. Just, uh, just be natural, man. Welcome. I'm being natural. I'm messing with you. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. So on your... Yeah. Thank you. On your... Instagram page and also, you know, haven't done some work with you in, in a men's group. Yeah. I know that you're very good at crafting systems and uh, kind of putting the pen to paper. You know, we're both mm -hmm. spiritual people, but I see a theme in you is learning how to take those those dreams, creating systems and goals to create realities. Maybe we can start mm -hmm. there and how you visualize you know, taking someone's dream or aspiration and create how, the importance of creating systems mm. and goals within that. Because in the spiritual world, it can get very much like, I want to manifest this amazing thing. And then <laughs> we're all like just meditating all the time, waiting, right. waiting for it to happen. We're not actually doing it. So, yeah, yeah. that that can be an issue. You know, it's uh, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to I usually talk like in a, in circles. Go for it. All right. So right. If, you, if you're watching, you know, stay with me. I will always get back to the point. <laughs> so in what you shared, there's a few things. One, um, I've sat with uh, like people who are living avatars mm -hmm. and I, you know, everyone has a different degree of belief in this, right? Yet this is a person who a, a deity, a spiritual being came into this human body at around the age of 14 and said, do I have permission now? Because it, the world really needs what we're about to create. Yeah. And I'd like to do it through you. Yeah. And that person was like, Sure. And that being is named uh, Sri Shakti Ama, and it's a man, but inhabiting a, a female deity named Narayani. Now, there's a reason I'm sharing this is because I watched that person materialize literally a physical object out of thin air within centimeters of my face. Mm -hmm. And I was with a group who saw this too. And I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't hear like a hundred of those stories from this person's from childhood to like whatever, however old he, she is now, at least the human form, right? I wouldn't have believed it. But there were stories that, that not only talked about this person or, you know, being doing this, but even crazier stories than that. So when I saw it from my own eyes, I would have thought it was a magic trick, but it all came together in, you know, I was in this retreat center. I'm in India. I'm with hundreds of people. Uh, we're just a small group sitting with this being. The reason why I say this is because there was a point in time when when 
I say, I still say he, but she would sit in meditation for almost day, like days, like they, they be like gone out of their body in deep meditation and would come back into reality, reality and would have like all these things, like flowers hanging on its neck and like people like standing there staring and praying with him. And it had been like, you know, fucking 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And so there is, I think, a value of going even deeper than we believe we need to in the resistance of something and sitting until that vision is so crystal clear that we can see it, smell it, feel it on every level. Then we come into, again, reality's physical space and start to put things in motion. So I do believe we, we it would behoove us, some of us, to meditate even more sincerely, visualize and feel even more sincerely. And then when it comes time to do aligned action, that aligned action, that one movement that we would make, would have the power of like a hundred movements. Yep. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, we're talking about the common popular sentiment in the you know, more rational, logical uh, world, even I'm spiritual as well, is like the the logical why reason, you know, why are you doing this? I mean, we talking about is even deeper is that what's your, your spiritual why? Like, what, what are you here to actually do? Soul, divine purpose. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, to come back to your question about like now kind of strategizing, systematizing, like actually putting it in, 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 into, into movement when you're, you know, doing the thing. There's a lot of value to that. And when I, I was a financial planner for seven years mm -hmm. and in that world, very like linear, masculine, very mental. Yeah. Um, everything was like numbers, planning. My, everything was like everything was in, in the planning book, and it was so constraining and constrictive. At one point in my life, it felt suffocating. Yep. So when my life collapsed from that way of being, um, I pushed it so far away from me. And it wasn't until like I've been coaching now for thirteen years, bro. So yep. it wasn't until like maybe four or five years ago that I realized, oh. I really need to bring these two back together harmoniously, not in balance, but where harmony to me means like one is serving the other consistently. Yeah. Right. And so like me now having a structure and a system that I work with my clients, I also incorporate that with complete freestyle and flow because I need room as an intuitive spiritual guide. I need room for spirit to come through. But then if, and we can say that that's the feminine, but if I don't then put that into a container, yep. some kind of structure, discipline, commitment, yeah, it doesn't come to fruition. Yeah, for sure. And so we're going to blend the both. And I can talk about how now that, now that I kind of gave context and foundation. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I completely agree. Whenever I'm, I'm a writer, so I write a lot. Oh, good. Whenever I, I, I do it's a challenge for me. <laughs> whenever I do it, people always ask me, Man, how do you get all these ideas? How are you a good writer? It's not me. Right. That's nothing to do with me. Like I, I yeah, I am educated, all that. I know how to put words together, but some ideas just come like where the fuck did that come from? Right. It's always in like a flow state or I'm meditating and something just just pops in. But on the on the dis on the place of, of matching systems to, to inspiration is you, you need discipline to make something out of inspiration. Right. If you if you're skilled at something, a skill comes from discipline. How can you actually use the inspiration that spirit's giving you if you haven't used discipline to get a, to make a skill? Right. If you're an artist, something comes through, yeah. and you haven't spent time putting pen to paper, making your paintings as great as possible. When that moment comes, when you have that that one in a million idea that that spirit blesses you with, mm. you got to have that that system where you know you can apply it. Yeah. Or else you just get 
you get depressed because you know you can't apply the inspiration, yada, yada. So, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I like that. And that is what happens, too, is like um, we have there's a lot of creative people and a lot of like inspired people and they get frustrated because it, it feels like their work doesn't get the traction and they start to get into comparison yep. and then it drains their energy and then they're not in motion and creation. Oh, it's a lot of us. It's a lot of us. I, I get guilty of that and have to kind of catch myself, like stop looking and go, you know, channel more and, and create more. So the, the, what happened for me, um, when, when I kind of had this woke up, wake up call, I was coaching and I believe I was doing a good service genuinely. I, I certainly was not yet a master at my craft. And this is early on years ago. And a friend of mine, cause I was telling him about like this, this kind of flow and kind of structure I was like imagining in this like online program I was going to create and all the stuff I was going to do you know I do a lot of air quotes so all this stuff that I was going to do you know and it was I don't know if we were out to like dinners having you know having drinks and, and talking and there was this moment where he kind of like looked at me and he was like bro you've been ready two years ago mm-hmm when the fuck are you going to do And he didn't talk like that. I talk like this. When the hell, you know, when are you going to do this? And he's like, here's the deal. Because he's a very grounded, practical guy. He's like, here's the deal. If in the next 48 hours, there isn't a landing page and an offer, you owe me 500 bucks. And for whatever reason, I think it was just because, you know, I really trusted and liked this person. And I knew what he was doing in that moment. I kind of got immediately what he was doing. And so I challenge accepted mm-hmm. and I went home and I thought about when I was previously living in a basement, right? And I tell this story a lot, but I, I mean, really, it was a frigging shithole, like almost a hundred year old carpet on the floor on a cement slab ceiling right about here, drop ceiling place was dirty, dusty, moldy. Um, and I lived there for like a year and a half, barely working, scraping change together just to get a cup of coffee suicidal thoughts like mm-hmm. horrible when and this was after being a successful financial planner so it was like after the fall you know yep. and, and and i was in this dark heavy place like what the hell is going on with me in my life big life transition and it was like in that time that i kind of woke up and realized a couple of things it was the first time i heard like a true channeling voice like a voice in my head that said like your challenges are your greatest gifts now, that became a large part of the foundation of my work ever since. I mean, you know, even the book I'm writing, all this stuff. But it wasn't until he put that on my heart, that challenge on me, that I decided to step back and say, okay, if I really am going to stop talking about putting this system and structure out there and this program out there and help more people than I already am, what actually would be in it? You know, I hadn't even thought about that. That was the irony. I was t- talking about all these great ideas I was going to do. Hadn't even stepped back and said, like, what What are the principal foundations of what I'm going to actually teach and build? Yeah. Hadn't even done that. You know, it's 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 a lot of a lot of people I find are caught up in fantasy and they have this big idea and vision and they feel as big as they really are. But b- because of what your question is, they don't know how to how to bring it out. And that's where I was. I was stuck in fantasy. My mind, I had already played the movie out. Yeah. But I hadn't really done shit. So he called me out. I go home and I'm like, okay, I got 48 hours. And I'm like, how did I get to here? Living in this beautiful California paradise, an amazing community, super like healthy, happy, making more money than I had. Finally in the industry I wanted to be in when I was maybe two years ago living in complete darkness and depression. 
what did I actually do? And so I sat down and I, I thought of like seven different things. I boiled that seven different things into five things and uh, six things. And that became the structure of, you know, my program. Yep. And then I just did this, like I did a quick sales video, put it on ClickFunnels. Didn't know any, didn't know any of this stuff, by the way. I just knew it existed. But because I was so inspired, motivated, you know, determined, wanted to win the bet, um, <laughs> in 48 hours, I figured out freaking ClickFunnels, I did a sales video, and I figured out the structure of my coaching program, and it all came down in like, you know, like a lightning bolt. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can talk about what that is. But that was, that was kind of like the, pre <laughs> the precipice of how I started coming back to creating a system and container to bring ideas and inspiration to fruition and how the pendulum kind of swing, swung from one place to the other. Yeah, you touch upon a, a good point there that in the manifestation aspiration phase, even though it's essential, it's, it's a lot to do with ego. It's a lot of like, you know, looking in the future, it's like, I can really do this thing. And, and the systems... I think symbolize humility, being like, you know, fuck, I actually have to do this thing that everyone has to do, get grounded, put the work in. So it, it's a, I do think it's a humble act mm. to get systems together. It's it's often, it's an ego shock. It takes a little bit of an ego death because you realize that, you know, this dream, it could definitely come true, but it's not here yet. You know, I have yeah. to get down, get dirty and, and really get into these, into these things. Yeah. Beautifully said. Otherwise, you end up on the like your deathbed with all the things you would have could have done. Yeah. You know, uh, I I think of these old school movies like you know I see these like black and white old school movies with the boxers like I could have been a contender, <laughs> you know. And it's like yeah, but you know, um, it does take work. There something that one of my teachers shared with me uh, when I when I was starting to build the next level of of my my coaching was like this four square concept of spirit where or, or of consciousness consciousness and ken wilbur who has like systems upon systems upon systems which i love but it can get a little too heady and intellectual for me mm -hmm. basically taking um those higher systems and like distilling them down to really simple concepts is what i like to do and it seems like you're pretty good at it too actually and so instead of like this like 100 point system in a you know 2000 page book uh this coach of mine his mentor of mine distilled like this idea of consciousness down to like these four components of like life is first happening to us where we're victims you know and you can look at it even being like a child like technically you know you really do need to be protected cared for nurtured raised you know cuz life is happening to you there's only so much you can control in your environment yep. you know Yet, so much of the world still lives consciously in that place. Life is just happening to me. And I'm just trying to do what I can with what I got. Victim, so. Yeah. yeah. Then we move into this place of, like, life is happening by me. And he used the analogy of, a, like, you know, somebody who might be middle America, does okay financially, and they go to college, and they learn that I can learn a trade, a skill, and, and I can make a certain amount of money. And if I do this, I'll get some status, and I'll be able to live in a certain neighborhood, and I can kind of control my life. Yet there's still, like, life is still happening. I just have uh, enough awareness and consciousness and, you know, ability um, and maybe opportunity to control what I can control. And at that time, a lot of people will get stuck there. Right. That life is all as much as you can control. 
And so even if they're really financially successful, they're still trying to control everything, create their reality with very little surrender or uh, trust in, where in, I'm, where in, I'm at right in faith now. or spirit. That's a great place to be in the practicality of things because that's the part where we get to actually create. Yeah. Right? I'm looking around your studio where it's like this really nice physical space that you got to like, I can I can create this. I can, I'm going to do this. That's where the ego actually comes into play in a healthy way. Yeah, for sure. Right? We get to befriend our ego. Yeah. We get to understand that it's a beautiful tool as within, so without, as above, so below. Like th there's an aspect of this like persona that I get to use, right, in order to serve the world. The problem is only when, when we forget that we're not that yeah. and it uses us. For sure. That's the only problem when ego is an issue. Yeah. Right. If I'm using it, and it's a tool, then all is good. Now, from that stage, though, we go to life is happening for me genuinely. And we're complete. This is where I, I, I work with my clients in these two stages. Life is happening by you and you get to use, you know, your skill, your talent and your persona to build the world around you. But you can't forget that life is happening for you. And there's so much else at a much deeper level. And how can I help you to understand that yeah. so that you can start to allow that to live more through you so you can bring in more effort and uh, effortlessness and ease and grace, yeah. less hustle and grind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So life is literally happening for me. Now, this is where the first sound of like your challenges are your greatest gifts came into my life. What does that mean? My, like the things that I feel are creating the, the the biggest walls and obstacles to what I think I want are my greatest gifts. How could that be possible? Everyone else in the world sees it as a thing that is in the way versus it being the way and maybe even the very reason for my being. Now, it's it said a lot of different ways, like your mess is your success and your mess is your message. I'm taking even deeper than that. Then on a deep soul level, you came in with this divine purpose and you're using these things as leverage intentionally to support your soul's greatest fucking evolution yeah. and to be of the greatest level of service. So you intentionally contracted that fucking event. Yeah. It is the reason you're here. Yeah, you're speaking that. I often say something that people, you and I will agree with people, but man, what the fuck are you talking about? I say that. Uh, you know, I had a, I didn't have any childhood, and I say that I chose that, that I needed that, my soul needed that upbringing mm -hmm. to be good at what I do. I wouldn't know shit about anything I do now if I didn't have those experiences growing up. I wouldn't have, I'm sure as a coach, like you wouldn't, a good coach can see someone in a certain situation and feel in their body, man, I've been there. I've been out of it. I know you can too. I'm going to help you get out of it yourself. So I completely hear you that, you know, that's what I look like. Look at my challenges as is that I chose this. Yeah. I, I truly something in me, some intelligence, something, something in me. I feel it chose this experience so I could then be use that to get good at what I do. So I, I completely, completely agree. And yeah, yeah, those moments can suck. But yeah, once, once you zoom out and time passes, you're like, man, fuck. Thank God I went through that. Right. Yeah. And and in and so one of the things that I teach that we can we can even get into if there's time, but it's like a thank you meditation. Like how do you go into a place where you actually feel genuine thank youness? Because like more and more in the spiritual community, people are like, Oh yeah, life is happening for me. And there's a great teacher, his name's Matt Kahn. He he wrote a book that that really 
encapsulates that very well. Yet very few people live from that place, like really integrate that understanding, right? Yep. Like if that's true, then what else is true from that space, right? Then all the judgments that you have about other people, it's also true for them. What they're struggling with, the addictions that they have, the pains that they have, it's also true for them. And so when, when, when we have codependent relationships and we think that we need to be saved or we need to save someone, no, their challenges are their greatest gifts. Yeah. Let, let them go through their journey. Be responsible to them, but understand that you can't be responsible for them. You're not here to save and rescue anybody. Yeah. But if you can be there for them and be responsible to them and be a guide, be a support, offer the type of, you know, uh, of, of support that you're here to give, whether it's creating a, a nonprofit or a business that serves in some way or even just going to the corner and giving someone a sandwich, whatever way you feel called, then that's that's what it is. That's what's valuable. It's not thinking you need to rescue them. Because yep. you're, you know, in, in, in some way better and their journey is not perfect. Their journey is fucking perfect. Yeah. So how do you then treat your parents when you think like that and live from that place? What does that then mean about the relationships and the things that happen to you? Right. And then the final stage, which, you know, maybe 10 beings on this entire planet are at, is life happens. Spirit happens. God happens as you. Yeah. Right. L literally there no longer is a you. The, the person that I feel, one of the people that I've really mastered, worked with their work, I use it with in, in my own work, um, that I feel is really walking this reality to the best that I, one of the people that I've seen uh, to the best of my ability, besides people like Sri Shakti these living avatars, is Byron Katie. I think she's an amazing example, you know, of of that, where she had this, samadhi or this enlightening experience this moment this like you know of, of of like losing self and then having to come back to reality and learn what the world is again and is now serving from that place and being just an empty vessel yeah you know there is no you there is no me everything is god if you if you want my help sure i'll answer your question how do you is this how i'm supposed to work sure how does one because I think, you know, of course, everyone can get there at a certain point, but it's, you know, the, the, the simple concept but the toughest obstacle is overcoming the mind. Yeah, simple. Like, how, how, do you, but, yeah. how do you, it's such a hard journey, uh, you know, where do you even begin in starting to realize that you are separate from the mind, that you are just, you yeah. know, awareness, observing yourself. It's a tough journey. So. Yeah. I mean, well, just observing, like, uh, like, uh, it's a great question because at first you identify with every emotion and thought that comes through dangerous right yeah. yeah it's like it's it's like i'm fat well, you're, you know you might be experiencing that in this moment right you have a certain level of health or physical condition but that's not who you what and who you are that's what you're experiencing yeah. right or i'm i'm depressed you may be in a very depressive state yeah, it's just so dangerous those labels we give ourselves. i am yeah is that right you put yourself in that box. That's right. Is immediately you immediately claim I am this, yeah. and then all of a sudden, now everything that comes with that, you are you be immediately start carrying that too. Yeah. Right. So, um, really, just just to first, you know, uh, I say like step back, and every time you have a thought, as best as you can, just watch it, question it, 
even if you end up doing the thing, right? Like you're trying to break a vice, for example, stop vaping or smoking or, or, you know, drinking and you're trying to break that vice, but then the thought comes like, I need this. I'm like, you know, but even if you're going to still do the thing, create a two second pause where you breathe, notice and say, isn't that interesting? Then go do the thing. It's like creating just a little bit of a crack so the light can come through. Why do do the thing? Oh, why still do the thing? Because at that stage, most people are at at, at a place in their experience where it's still consuming them to do the drug. You know, they might be literally fucking, you know, convulsing or shaking and they, they need to fix yep. taking an extreme example of someone like you know hooked on heroin right yep. and if they can f- take that two second pause the fifth time they do it might be the time that they decide i'm not it's going starting to. the process of becoming disillusioned just watch it yeah right? create a healthy detachment from i am this person i need this thing and just witness like isn't that interesting yeah, I think who, who is that that needs this right now? Yeah. And then if the body like it's so overwhelming and so consuming, still do it. But that break is a step. A lot of people want to go from one to a hundred overnight. That's why they fail and collapse. Yeah, right. yeah. I think um, in our daily lives, it can seem like useless. You know, just oh, I'm the awareness, observing myself working or writing, working out. But why I think it's so powerful is that. You know, I, I never experienced a, a truly terrible traumatic moment until last year. And I, I did, I've done this work, right? So I always, part of me knew that, like, okay, this will pay off eventually. All this right. shit I'm doing now will pay off in one moment. And it happened. And then thankfully, using that perspective of, like, okay, I'm just observing. This is an experience I'm observing right now as a human being. I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not this experience. I'm not the, the this terrible emotions. I'm not, like, having that ability to, 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 to detach, mm-hmm. zoom out. And, and be with yourself in that way without being so entrenched and identify with the experience and making a whole story will, will literally save you. Yeah. It, it will literally save you quite literally in terms of yourself or also, you know, from from not going back to old patterns or poor, poor things. It's uh, it's truly a lifesaver. And often it takes moments like that to yeah. realize that it's an essential way of being. Essential. Taking a breath. Like, I mean, the, the real answer is like breath work. The real answer is to sit and reflect on when did this pattern begin. The real answer is to get support from someone who can see the forest through the trees, can actually look at what your patterns are, hear the words you're using, reflect back to you, and maybe allow you to go deeper. That's the real answer. But if you're someone who who is just beginning to understand that you're not this thing and you're wanting to become the observer, the simple step is that pause. How can right? you, we uh, want it to be more complicated and hard, but do that first. When you do it enough times and you start to be less reactionary, yeah. now I'm, I start responding to my life yeah. and seeing that I'm not this thing. How can you reduce the overwhelm? Because at first when people are just starting, I'm sure someone listening right now, at least one or two for sure, are, are just starting this journey of oh my God. realizing that it's a big realization that it, it can be so fucking overwhelming. So what are ways that you, you instruct people to reduce that overwhelm to yeah. the point where it's not like, you know, yeah. where it's, it just destroys you? It's a brilliant question. So as we become more aware, right, that's like the most beautiful gift because we become sensitive 
and we become more aware of our thoughts, our judgments, our emotions. And that more than half the time is exactly what happens. It becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And we kind of shut down. And we feel like, oh my God, like all these things that were, they were already happening, right? Right? The emotions, the actions, the habits that were creating the experience that you're struggling with that I'm not trying to help you with were already happening. And then now we're looking at it through a magnifying glass or a microscope and you're seeing all the layers and it's like, holy fuck. That's why they say ignorance is bliss. So the answer to your question, um, for me, you know, when I looked at, I'll, I'll, I'll now go to the kind of the steps that I break this down in. Systems. Right? Yeah. This so. Is, so, like, for me, the first thing was, and it's interesting that, like, the largest component of this, your challenges are your greatest gifts, this big existential, esoteric idea comes through, right? That I have these soul contracts, and this is serving me, and it's for my highest evolution, and what I do from here is what matters, and if I can utilize everything that's happening to me, then I don't have to repeat this pattern, and I can break it for all my lineages. All that kind of came through, like, right? Yeah. So then I had to step back and say, well, then what do I do? And the first thing was awareness. That did become overwhelming. Yet because I was allowing myself to sit in the in the awareness and sit with the overwhelm without being reactionary to it, it was like waves. Sometimes I'd get angry and I would just sit in the anger or I would go fucking rage out on my bed and pillow or I would thrash in the water. I would just go outside and scream and just let the wave move and not do anything with it. Just feel and express it. Sometimes it was a deep depression. I'm up in a friggin' fetal position and allow yourself to feel that for a half hour, hour. What, what most people don't do is they don't go deep enough into the emotion. They, they think that they either... Uh, need to shift it so that they're happy and feeling good all the time or that they allow themselves to feel it. Okay, that's enough. And then they move on. And that's why it comes in waves and layers and it takes so long. I tell people just fucking go all the way in until you go through. Doesn't mean there won't be more layers later on, yet it's a lot more effective. So what I start helping people do is we go from the insight, which is the I and ignite. My coaching is called Ignite Purpose. So the I and ignite is insight, this deeper insight that as above, so below, as within, so without, that everything is happening for your greatest and highest benefit. Here's how, here's why, here's how you uh, come to embrace it. From that frame and perspective, now let's look at everything that happened in your life, right? In terms of uh, uh, grounding. So being completely present and being grounded allows you to have these greater awarenesses, right? Go outside, put your bare feet in the ground and just watch the fucking leaves on the tree move and become aware of your thoughts and emotions in that moment. That way, everything that's happening in your life, which would overwhelm you, is also being literally grounded into your body so that it doesn't blow open your nervous system become do do an epsom salt bath a warm epsom salt bath and then witness your thoughts and emotions in that stretch workout move your body and then witness your emotions in that so you're doing this greater awareness thing which i call being present i call grounded the g 
and getting this larger awareness of what the thoughts, actions, behaviors, and emotions that created your current problem or reality. Yep. Then after we, we, we go a week to two weeks into this grounding slash, you know, presencing and awareness process, we go into uh, navigation. And that's going back through your family history. Most of us have a broken navigation, right? We're telling our GPS, our internal, you know, GPS system, our North Star that we're on Main Street, but we're not. Right. We're on Washington Boulevard. So we keep getting these bad directions that just keep having us, you know, um, uh, redirecting, redirecting, you know, redirecting. And we never get to our destination. And so the navigation is let's look at what our real starting point is, a.k.a. our family conditioning and history and look at the patterns that were taught to us and start to differentiate from what is and isn't you. Most people are having these thoughts, and once I do enough deep work with them, they realize, oh my God, they could actually hear their fucking father in their head. Yeah, I'll continue going, but I want to tell an anecdote. Yeah. One of the, my first big mushroom trips, this is after I, I, I had a, a spiritual awakening, mm -hmm. I had certain thoughts that would fuck me up in the day. And on that trip, I would I heard the same voice, the same thought in my dad's voice. I heard the same thought in my mom's voice, and I realized that all these... To validate what you're saying is that I've experienced that it, it's 100 percent true. Yeah. yeah, it's epic that you actually had that yeah. very you know visceral real experience of it. Yeah, same. Yeah. I was in Turkey and I had somebody gift me a session with an astrological cartographer, somebody who takes the ley lines and meridians of the planet, lays them over your astrological birth chart, and tells you where it's best for you to live based on what you want to create. It's crazy. It's awesome. So after that session, he told me, hey, by the way, you're in Turkey. I was I was nomadic and, you know, living all over the world and doing the, the cool thing. And I was in Turkey at the time. And he's like, by the way, you didn't ask this, but you're in Turkey at the time. If You should know that uh, you're going to be dealing with a lot of, like, karma around your father. But, like, literally felt like my fucking brain exploded. Because prior to that call, I was in a week of, like, dark depression mm -hmm. having all these thought thoughts about like just doubt like self-doubt self-loathing yep. and i was like what is going on i'm like 10 years into healing work and coaching work and you know like i've 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 done this i've worked on this it's me every day right I have the same how is this still coming up right yep. and then when he said that all of a sudden i heard literally in my dad's voice these certain you know thoughts and doubts and then it was like I was able to let it go. A lot of times in, in, in spirituality and with coaches, they're trying to get their clients to process everything. Not everything needs to be processed, fixed and healed because sometimes you're trying to process and heal something that isn't yours. Sometimes you just need to see, oh, that's not mine and just let it go. Stop identifying with it. Yeah. Just fucking, you got baggage, put it the, put it down. Yeah. That's it. It can be that simple. So we go into the 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 the, the navigation aspect of it, and then uh, from there, um, yeah. So sorry, ignite. So that, so then from there we go into integration, right? And integration is when I bring in things like Byron Katie's work, and we talk about like what real acceptance of everything we just discovered, your soul contracts, and all this is for your greatest good. And you're doing the thank you meditation for like the worst things that ever happened to you in your life. Then we look at your in deep awareness and get you really grounded in what your actual thoughts, emotions, the frequency you're putting in the world that then created your current reality.
Then we look at your parental experience and and like re-engineer that and look at all of the 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 habits, the patterns, the things that happened to you, the conditioning that made you. Why did you choose these thoughts and emotions? Then now, a lot of times, like you said, people are starting to get overwhelmed again. And now it's time to integrate. And the way that I help them to do that is to let go of all judgment and look at all their stories and patterns that are coming up um, about their parents. And we do like the judge your neighbor process that that um, Byron Carey talks about. And we do other like writing exercises and other um, integration exercises in the body. I bring in like EFT and EMDR and things to actually work in the physical body, let the nervous system let go of a lot of these stories. And then from there, it's all play. We get into the architecture of, of creation, which is called traction right? Like getting traction in your life. And I help them to design their ideal life using visualization, using affirmations, but also using like grounded um, uh, goal setting tools, right? Like how do we, how do we plan out the next 90 days, six months and a year of your life? And what are the daily activities that are going to create that 90 days, that 90 days, it's going to create the six months, the six months, that's going to create the year for whatever that end goal you're saying you want. And then we go into action. Also in the the traction part, we're also doing deep visioning practices because we want, like we talked about at the very beginning of this call, for a divine vision to come through, for you to work in combination with spirit, not against it, not have your ego say what I want, but what do you, what are you really here for? What do you really want? Yeah. Because that, that's soul fulfilling. Yeah. Right. And then it's all about alignment, uh, action, aligned action. And that is, you know, that in, in that stage, it's expression. Everything that you, you now let go of all the, 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 the layers of who you thought you were, right? And you've come into a more grounded, integrated, authentic self. You've put this map together for what you want to create. Now you got to go express it. Yeah. And for me, being a former freestyle MC, a B-boy, a, a spoken word artist, for me being a speaker, expression, you know, like is one of my favorite things. And so how do we then take aligned action and the fullest authentic expression of what your vision is? For sure. Uh, my lifelong spiritual mentor I've had for a long time, whenever I enter a new stage of my life, whether it be ending a relationship or a new job or just something big, he'd always tell me, leave the stories from the past at the door. Just leave them at the door. Like it's such a, it's a, such a simple, simple concept. Mm-hmm. But it's it's challenging. It's truly moving on from the stories that we've been telling ourselves for so long, yeah. over and over again. Because maybe you can go into like, how do those stories actually create our reality? How do those thoughts we believe and tell ourselves tell ourselves over and over again create the reality we live in? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Happily. Um, yeah. I, I mean, in in one simple way, the answer is frequency. In a hundred other ways. If I've been conditioned, I'll give you an example. I'll use a client example. This gentleman always trying to get external validation from his romantic partners, from his uh, friends and co-workers at work, from his achievements in races and climbing mountains and things like that. And then being able to recognize that that drive, that way of behaving to get appreciation, validation, and acceptance from other people, which was, you know, his habitual way of communicating, the thoughts he had about himself that would require him to show yeah. up in that way, 
We're all coming back from a deep emotion of I need to prove myself and I'm not enough, which all came back to his dad where um, he might be, you know, playing baseball and doing well. And then it was never enough. He never got like the hug, the love, like congratulations. You're amazing. From you his tell family. my life story right now. Yeah. <laughs> so then always trying to play harder, trying to, yeah. you know, and, and, and fill that hole, which was simply just the validation from his dad. So then all of a sudden being able to, through, through the process I just walked you through, being able to go through like, oh, that was a soul contract. Thank you. Here's how I've been thinking in my day which then creates the language that I, that I use and the emotions that I feel. And because of these three things, I literally show up as an entirely different being than I would, obviously, right? If I thought otherwise. Yeah. And then because of how I'm showing up, the person in front of me can only do one fucking thing. They can only read the script, respond to the story that I'm telling myself. Yeah, for sure. And that's it. We go around and around. Yeah. Until I catch that, think, talk, behave a different way. Person shows up, responds a different way. Different reality is created. Usually, when I when I what I what I when I start with clients, I'm I'm explaining to them that right now, you're living and expressing the last ninety days of your patterns and characteristics, and if for a solid fucking ninety days. You can commit to seeing these thoughts, pausing, choosing something different, doing the thank you meditation, grounding, then I promise you, it may be very stark, like a drastic difference. It may be just a very noticeable difference. But at the very least, it will be noticeable that in 90 days, your life will look very different. Yeah. It's a... Uh... And we can go into even it's, more detail about that, but that's essentially. It sounds um, when you say all this stuff, like any any of the self help stuff, it sounds like man, it makes so much sense, like amazing. But yeah. then you start doing it, and fucking tough. Oh it, yeah, it, it's. It, I, I say like when 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 we're when we're starting to like to create this new experience, and Dr. Joseph Spencer talks about this a lot, which I really appreciate, because he breaks it down into the chemical level, where when I start to to behave this way. The people who would react to me usually in a way that was comfortable and familiar, even if it's negative, by the way, yeah. right? I usually get this beating or I usually get yelled at. Well, it's so f familiar for me. I expect it. When it doesn't happen, something feels weird, right? Yeah. So when, I, when, when people start to create this new way of being, well, then there's different levels of serotonin, dopamine, cortisol. There's different levels of those chemicals being triggered in their body. Maybe less cortisol, right? Maybe more dopamine, maybe more serotonin. And so that feels like this isn't me. Ironically, at the beginning, it feels inauthentic. Yeah. So it's like a vapor trail, not a not a not a chemtrail, by the way. I, I'm into all these things. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. We can get into so it. yeah, yeah, we could. That'd be a whole nother show. We'd do another show. So so not a chemtrail, an actual vapor trail from a fucking plane. When it when it's flying, you know it's like it's like dissipating, right? Until it hits uh, thirty thousand feet, and then it levels out, right? Mm -hmm. So the only thing that's happening is as you're traveling to this new way of being and behaving before it levels out and becomes the new norm, what's comfortable. There's this trail 
of your old experience and feelings that are just following you and dissipating. And you have to be able to see it as you're moving on. And it's going to feel a certain way. I often think about the opposite of that, too, is that you see people, again, I have some beef with psychedelics now, but so you have people, or let's move move psychedelics, you have people finally having an awareness of like, oh shit, I've been doing this thing all along and I'm finally catching it and doing something different. Put my own example, right? For a couple of weeks ago, I read a book. I always knew this, but sometimes you read a book and it actually hits you. Sure. That, you know, I've, I've been basically downloading downloading so many so much bullshit into my subconscious that I was in attracting some certain things that weren't, weren't serving me. I was like, oh, fuck. I probably just have to just stop telling myself that thought and replace it with a mantra, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, I, I started feeling good. Things were coming into my life that were better. I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. And then, of course, a week later, it stopped coming. That awareness started removing itself. The old patterns came back. So it's also the opposite of that. It's true that we can develop awareness of something new that helps us, but then the script comes back, we forget about it, and it becomes more forceful. Yeah. So how, how, what's your experience with that? And how do we keep pushing? Like, how do we keep pushing knowing that that, that new awareness is, is slowly leaving us and yeah. the old things are, are, are flying back? I wouldn't use the word push. Uh, keep going. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Um, there's a few things. One, you know, with a lot of the, like the ideas that I've been talking about, like I have processes inside of each one of these things. Like in the first, uh, you know, insight, I've got the thank you meditation. So coming back to saying thank you, right? Before reaction, reacting and responding, say thank you that this awareness and this pain is coming up again and that it's here for me and ask yourself, like, what's here for me? You have pronoia, which is like you basically what's believe that, the, that everything that's happening is working for you. Yeah. Positive paranoia. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I see it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Without fail. It it can't be any other way. Either it is or it isn't. Like there's certain, there's a lot of gray in reality. Absolutely. There's a lot of middle in reality. Okay. And one of the challenges for human minds, this is why they try to attach to facts and 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 they have trouble ex, ex, experiencing like faith and being able to surrender yep. is because they can't trust the paradoxes of life that this can be true but this can also be true yeah. so we fight that and we say no this is this is what's true and you're wrong okay so that so in my world there are certain things like foundational principles that create reality like the law of vibration right like the seven hermetic laws of creation right Every, like the, the law of gender the law of polarity the law of vibration those are just three of the foundational principles that make reality yeah. and so one thing that i do believe is black or white and this is something einstein was credited for saying but then now that i don't know if it, if it was him or not but whoever said it was you fundamentally believe the universe is either good or bad, essentially. And that will change your entire life. Mm -hmm. Just that fundamental belief. And so even though I can see the things like chemtrails and and the shit going on, I fundamentally believe, because everything is happening for us and we're creating this for our highest evolution, that at the very heart of even the most evil, that that the universe as a whole... Is for our benefit. So I have positive paranoia. And I believe, in my personal opinion, that it's either black or white. You either live in one of those worlds, we're not at, 
life is not here to serve you and there's a challenge and you've got to make your way and fight your way and even a lot of spiritual language still has this so for me to answer your question like i don't think we've got to keep pushing continue to observe when your body gets triggered i have so many exercises in the grounding and in the integration uh, process of literally putting your feet in the ground immediately you start to get negative ions that combat the positive ions which kill free radicals and slow the aging process there's uh, an entire documentary about grounding that shows as soon as your feet actually hit ground your your the muscles in your trapeze immediately relax like as quick as you would turn on the light switch to create light in this room yeah. that's how fast yeah, feet in ground like the, that fast the heady headiness also so yeah breath work same thing ice bath which everyone's like everything's like ice 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 now ever since like wim hof i get it i do it every day so do I. Yeah. and and um if if you're new to that you know you don't have to punish yourself in 32 degrees and i would say ease your way into it anyway i, I like with the psychedelic thing i have things around that but i love ice cold cold is a thing breath work is a thing literally grounding is a thing turning off media is a thing for sure continuing to do the habits of the the journaling and the witnessing is a thing five minute meditation is a thing i can i can yeah. keep building the emdr techniques that i that i that i do with my clients the tapping techniques and affirmations that i do with my clients are all the answers to your question that when you're trying to get to that new direction and it's so overwhelming because something's still trying to pull you back to that old way of being what do i do there's a toolbox hard question but i think you can answer it and you probably are mastered and, and helping your clients get there is when you're confronted with pain or challenge when do you surrender to it and when do you try and change it yeah like what's it's a fine line right it's, it's yeah. a tough thing to do so how do you go about, about that process yeah um there's two things intention is one so attention and intention when it comes to surrender, to me, what that means is I'm going to operate from a place of trust without expectation. That's all it means. Yeah. I trust life is happening for my benefit. This is happening for a reason. At the very least, even if that, all of that's too woo-woo for people, I trust that I fucking got this. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah. Literally. I, I, I say all the... I got this. We got this. I'll figure it out. Yeah. You always do. So at yeah. some level, that. That's, that's one. Right? So I trust. The second part is um, no expectation. So I'm going to do this thing just because. Just because it feels good. It's the right thing. This is what I feel called to do. This is what I'm aligned to do. I'm, not, I'm not, tired of the previous Not thing. attaching outcome to expectation. And I could care less yeah. who fucking likes me for it, what the fucking outcome is. Do I make a lot of money? Do I fail? Which I we can do a whole show about failing. I, I don't believe it exists. Whether I fucking fail or not or doesn't even enter my fucking irrelevant. Doesn't matter. I just do the thing. Chop wood, carry water. Build a fucking studio, start a podcast. I just do the thing. Whatever the outcome is, I respond 
in, an, in, in, in a grounded way when I have that information. But I don't go there ahead of time. I don't live in the future, right? Right now, I have faith and trust. What am I feeling called to do? Okay, I do it. What's the outcome? Great. Now what? Iterate, change, correct, improve, go again. And then keep doing that cycle. When I'm sitting in something, if I feel like I have to manipulate the person or the situation in order to get the outcome that I want, that is when you stop and surrender instead. Because when you find out that the intention is coming from a place of, I'm scared, I'm going to fail, I'm an imposter, I'm giving examples. I'm an imposter, so I've got to prove that I've got to prove that I'm not. There's a hole in me, and I've got to validate, you know, myself and get validation. Um, I'm scared to be broke, so I'm going to hoard my money. I need to be rich to make myself important, so I'm going to screw that person. Whenever we're doing something with the intention of filling a hole, right, avoiding failure then I know that that action makes me feel heavy. And it's coming from a place of blinded ego. That's when I don't do. The only time I do is when I come back to a place of trust. What do I actually feel called and aligned to do? The thing that makes me feel lighter, that is in alignment with my value system, that feels good and clear, then I do the thing without attachment. Yeah. Ultimate surrender. It is not just letting go, taking no responsibility. These are the misunderstandings of surrender that keep people needing to fucking grip tighter yeah. and keep doing because it's me and I have to do this. And if I don't, then it's not going to happen. Bullshit. If you don't build a road, but the craziest thing is if you don't build a road, the road will be built. Yeah. That's the scariest thing for people because then people say, well, then what am I here to do? Who am I? What's my value then? What's my purpose? It takes them into a place of death and nothingness. Alphas, when I, when I work with fucking like linear mental alphas, this is why a lot of them don't hire me, by the way. <laughs> they, they can't grasp that concept. I have to create. I have to do. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? Yeah. To break that idea down. Oh my God. That is like the, that is, that's them doing this yeah, fucking so, ego. Um, it's I'd, a prison. I'd probably be half one of those clients that for me, like intellectually, I completely <laughs> yeah. agree with what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. My body, I'm young, 24. Yeah. yeah my sure. body is just not there yet. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> my mind is like, I understand what you say. My body's yeah, like, no, yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. it's like this complete separation. Yeah, your whole ass puckers up like, yeah, yeah. fuck you talking. Yeah. So like, it's, it's a strange place to be, right? Especially in this, in this like new podcast game, social media yeah. stuff where it's, for me, it's like, you know, I do have, I know for a fact I've been, karma, whatever, I've been told that I have a certain whatever trajectory. Sure. But for me, it's also like, okay, no matter what I do, it's going to happen. I just know that. No matter what I do, it's going to happen. But at the same time, this part of me is always like controlling all these variables and, and doing things for an algorithm, yada, yada. And it's just like, it's it's a tough space to have that realization of like, okay, when is this actually necessary in line with what I do? And when is, it, when is it just manipulation and control and me fearing not being something and filling a hole? Yeah. It's, it's It takes a lot of, I'm assuming, time. It can. Awareness and introspection to get to that. Yeah, it can. And, and then until it, until it doesn't. Yeah. Until it becomes second nature. Until it's breathing. Yeah. 
right? And a lot of it is, is witnessing what's the body doing when I go to make this decision. Literally, I, like, do I feel heavier? Do I feel lighter? And I, I have clients do the trick with their hands. I take them through like this visualization process of feel one decision in your hand here, feel the other decision in your hand here, which one generally feels lighter. Bring them together. Bring them to your heart. How does your body feel lighter? Do you feel yourself fall backwards, like fall backwards away from the idea? Do you fall towards it, right? Is that in alignment with a past pattern? Because sometimes we say, well, I'm feeling this, and we're actually letting our, our emotions run the show. Yeah. It's not about being over like, no, this doesn't feel a lot of spiritual lingo, right? It's like, oh, this doesn't feel right. So then they don't do the, the fucking hard thing. Yeah. But really, it doesn't feel right because it's the thing that they need to do because it's bringing up the trauma and the yeah. wound that they get to heal. Yeah. It's such right. a hard, again, good theme of this podcast yeah, is, yeah. is that line. Yeah. Let's go into this one now. Like, what is that line between, how do you recognize, like, this is a egoistic resistance that I have to overcome, right? Like, for every morning for the ice bath, yeah. everything in me is like, fuck that. I don't want to <laughs> do that shit. Totally. I know that's a feel. I'm familiar now through doing that. I know the feeling in me. That's the egoistic resistance pulling me to my comfort zone. How do we learn yeah. to differentiate that from the actual feeling of like intuition or, or something telling you, do not right. fucking do this. Like, don't go back to the X. Yeah. Don't smoke that joint again. Like, right. what's the, how do you start recognizing the difference? Yeah, it's this, it's this, my, I can see where like the 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 grasping part of this is a little bit challenging because it's really back to what it, it is what I just said. Th that's it. Tune in. Stay quiet longer. Be more still. When when the reaction to act like I have to like you've got to jump. Anytime you feel like I've got to I've got to jump, you're probably coming from the primal brain that's wanting you to escape because you think you're in danger, right? And you've got to control your environment to be safe. Yeah. So if you're feeling like, it, it, that is an immediate sign, don't fucking move. <laughs> and also anything be, you do, be with I've learned, I've learned the hard way, anything you do from the energy, it's not going to work out. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to work oh, out. Yeah. There's some law, I don't know, maybe you can, but there's yeah, something yeah. that if you go from that space, you're, like, yeah. you're not going to get what's truly, like, you may get like the thing your ego wants, but you're not going to get anything good for your, Brilliant. yourself. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, the, 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 the food, the information we plant a seed with determines the tree that grows. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, so to further answer your question, like with the ice bath, sometimes it is just a physical reaction. That is just the primal, you know, the, the amygdala part of your brain saying, I don't want to be cold. Like, yeah. like we, 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 we maybe, we maybe survived or came out of the ice age. Like, I don't want to be fucking cold. Yeah. I used to, you know, like my ancestors lived in the cave and they freeze their ass off. Yeah. I don't want to get in this fucking water. Like sometimes, like it depends. Like in your ice bath example, it's just the body reacting that, you know, that that's not like necessarily past emotional patterns. Um, but in terms of the other thing, like to tell someone, I use the analogy of like a bow and arrow. If I pull this bow and arrow back to where the the resistance in the in in the in the string is just right, and then I let go, right, that arrow is going to fly with so much more accuracy and velocity than if I was just a blink and it's just right. Yeah. But in that string and in that bow, how much tension is there? And the strength of a true masculine. And a really an integrated embodied human is how can I be with that tension? Also. So when you're feeling the reaction to act because you have to, all it is is get still 
out. So I'll say this again for you and everyone to get still, get clear about where is this reaction coming from? Scarcity, validation, lack of trust, a feeling that it has to be now. Question, is that true? Where in the body am I feeling this? What I like to do is I like to use a tool of giving the feeling in my body. Like let's say, let's say I'm feeling like I'm feeling it in my in my heart. A lot of pressure on my chest, right? There's a reason why it's in your chest. Might be around your lungs. Lungs are related to grief. And so I it may be causing me to feel this pressure, like I can't breathe because there's something I'm not grieving or letting go of. Might be a past self or something that happened when I was a kid when I literally couldn't breathe. So where do I feel it most in my body? As best as you can, put your hand there. When your hand is there, see in your imagination, even though I don't visualize all that well, I can't, I visualize it like a, like a motherfucker, but I don't actually see, see things necessarily. I feel things. I see things in like a wave, but not necessarily like I can't see the blue, right? So because I say blue truck, I say blue truck. So essentially, however best you can, the point that I'm getting at, is there a color to this, this feeling, this emotion? Sometimes you gotta be like, you might not see bright red, but it's like, yeah, I think it's red. It's weird that you're asking me this, but for some reason, it's red. Sometimes people will see red, right? So wherever you are in the visualization, visualization, just trust, tune in. I feel it here. Does it have a color? If it does, what's the color? Red, okay? Does it have a shape? If it has a shape, what's the shape? Uh, a triangle, but it's, you know, triangle, but it's jagged. Oh, it's jagged. That's interesting, right? They gave me texture. If they didn't give me texture, I would ask. Now I say this, you know, red, jagged triangle creating pressure on your chest. What is it here to tell you? Because it's literally just the body trying to give us information. And sometimes just acknowledging that it's there it'll actually start to dissipate or move to a different part of the body. Sometimes if they tune in, they'll hear, it's like, don't do this. Why? Because you'll fail. When did you hear that first? Who told you that? Mm -hmm. And now it starts to unravel and dissolve. And so many of the questions we've gone through, right, in this, in this conversation will come to the service in that process. I'll have a deeper insight. My body will relax. I can make a different decision. I start to detach from my thoughts and emotions. All of that begins to happen in that process. Yeah, so it's related, but I want to take a little U-turn, but it also comes back to this is that, you know, before I got super more into the spiritual game, I was very much focused on all, everything I'm feeling now is only because of my childhood trauma, all this stuff, but then it's like, I want to get your opinion, opinion on is the role of karma. Mm -hmm in what we're experiencing, right? Because once I started getting into clearing a lot of stuff, I was like, why is this stuff still coming up? <laughs> and then I was like, okay. And I started looking into it. I worked with people and I was like, oh, I might have some some past stuff that's arising right now. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get your, your whole take on all that and also how we can also work with our karma. In yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've sat and studied with uh, teachers centered around Hinduism sat and studied and done silent, you know, walks with Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, wow. famous yeah. Buddhist, you know, uh, uh, Buddhist teacher. Badass. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, sat and hugged 
you know, the hugging saint, the other ama, and all these things. And I've heard about karma in so many different ways. That karma doesn't actually continue as a wheel through time. That we're actually building it here in the present moment. Uh I've also heard that there's different types of karma. And I've also heard that there is your your karma that you are um, you're correcting. This one feels kind of the most true for me. So I'm going to answer your question even more directly. This one feels the most true for me, where um, sin to me means to miss the mark. That's all it means, you know. And I studied. I was a Christian for three years. I've been all over the the religious map, so I have a lot of perspective here. Yeah. So um, to, to sin now for me means to simply miss the mark, to kind of be out of alignment with my divine soul's purpose. Yeah. When I do that, when I miss that mark, then consciousness, spirit, continues to give me experiences simply to align, to hit the mark. It could be ones you don't want to. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I continue to repeat patterns or see things from past patterns until I hit the mark, operate in divine alignment. Um, I used to call it um, true awareness and pure awareness. And my true awareness was being able to see the difference between me and my ego. But then the pure awareness was simply just God, you know, and having those kind of work together. And so like, my dharma might be my ultimate divine kind of, you know, destiny and path here. And my karma might be what I'm here to correct and clean in order to live that. And that's the, kind of the simplest and best way that I've seen like karma and dharma played out. At the end of the day, it always comes back to what's the authentic and, and best decision in this moment. Yeah. Right. Because there's a reason why we don't recognize ourselves as God and blast off completely into enlightenment. There's, there, I've, you know, I've heard spiritual teachers say, if you heard the voice of God, your whole being would shatter. Right? There's a reason why our healing happens in layers. And some of us, especially, again, the, the linear, more intellectual, masculine, might want to rush to the finish line. But there isn't one. There is no finish line. You're already everything. You're already everywhere. Already. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah. This this is like the law of oneness. Like like. Um, I am, everyone and everything. Like God is all of creation. This idea of separation, we can cognitively say with spiritual lingo, oh, separation is an illusion. We're all one. Well, if that's true, I'm having a conversation, not in a room with not you, right? Yep. And I'm not myself. And so if I'm if if all of this is just God playing out in a trillion pieces or trillions of pieces, right? Then I am already everywhere and everything. Yeah. Right? And there's things like, you know, if we go into the the 
the particle theory and string theory that shows like a particle can be in one place and also be in another place and react here and react here trillions of miles light light years away at the same time right if we, if we get into like even the quantum science of it yeah it kind of starts to show what spiritual already spirituality already knows yeah how can you use that knowledge to lead lead a bit more peaceful life yeah I don't know that, I, you know, it's interesting. I don't know that you can. Sure. Sometimes at first it creates less peacefulness. You know, it's like you were sure. saying, like we, like you brought up earlier, that great question of like you become, you become overwhelmed. People go into nihilism. Yeah. This idea is like, well, nothing means anything. Yeah. Right. And so it's like the, the great death and we go into that place and then they come back to, well, if all this is a movie, well, then play. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If, if if really all of this is just God experiencing itself, cool. Then why do I have to have the judgments that I have? And why do I have to be so hard on myself about everything? And why can't I just have a vision and be like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do with the play. Yeah. Why can't that be enough? Yeah. You know? And it's amazing because then all of the all of all of the resistance and tension you have in your body to a lot of the concepts that someone might share around surrender, around there's nothing you have to do, um, all of that tension starts to dissipate. You think you'll do less. You'll do more. Because there's actually less kink in the hose. So the, the flow of energy and spirit comes through at a greater level. Yeah. It's, it's whenever, ironic. Whenever I'm confronted with the most impactful inspiration is when I'm the calmest. Like You really have to create that space to yeah. receive um, which which none of us can really do nowadays because we're always in this rat in this, stuck in this rat race oh of my God. anxiety news you yeah. know terrible food all this stuff where it's, it's podcasts <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we have no no space to receive yeah receive yeah. feels good it, that that's really like again going back to just a certain personality type right it, it, like. The idea that life is happening for me and there's less that I have to, that there's probably a lot less that I have to do, that idea, the reason why that, uh, one of the many reasons, we already talked about one of the reasons is because then I have to let go of my ego and what am I worth? Where's my value, right? And if I attach my value to all the things that I'm doing and creating and having, then my value goes out the window. Well, then you get to reevaluate where you get your value from. The other layer of it, though, is that if I think life is happening for me and everything's fucking great and there's less that I have to do, then that just means I got to receive more. Yeah. That's the scariest thing. Yeah. How much can I receive? Yeah. Why, why is that resistance? That's cr it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's contrary. Yeah. This is where you get a lot of like female spiritual coaches who are doing like sexual practices to help to help their clients like receive more. Men are doing this more. Then you get masculine coaches who say they shouldn't do that because that's feminine. It's crazy. Like the coaching world is like it's 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 wild right now. So it's the wild wild west. But it's beautiful because it's bringing in all these different ideas and perspectives. It's necessary, right? But the reason why I bring that up is because your ability. To receive is your ability to breathe and take in life. But if I go back to the fucking thing we've talked about more than once about whether or not the universe is a safe or not safe place, if I think it's not a safe place, why would I want to receive more? I've got to control what I create, do, and be. 
And therefore, I got to control what comes in. And if I don't, I might get hurt or die because yeah. the universe is not safe. Yeah. People are not safe. Feeling this good can't be safe because the other shoe is going to drop. Yeah. If you lived in a very chaotic environment where things were good one moment and then all of a sudden they weren't because all of a sudden you're like, dad would react and become violent and you had to control your environment to feel safe, then letting things in, oh my God, that could feel like death. Literally could feel like death in your body. You know, I'm I'm there right now. Is that you know I've I had I didn't my father wasn't abusive, but I did have um, I had very I had uh, abandonment from both parents in Texas. You know, it's whatever. Not not mm -hmm. not not a horror story. It's typical yeah. childhood experience, but yeah. it ha has issues for everyone, right? Party party so experience. So for me, it was like you know having to put on a mask, having to shape shift myself to receive love, mm -hmm. having to constantly you know get that score thirty points, get the A plus to get love from one parent, like. I couldn't be loved for just existing, for just being. I couldn't receive for just showing up. Yeah. And that created my brain has created this loop of I have to be something and do something for love. And now that I'm finally in a space where I've, I've actually, you know, my manifestation starting to come. Sure. Now I'm being asked, like, it's OK, man. I've been told this message. It's OK. Like, please just just allow yourself to receive mm. an inner child. My body is like it's like literally like right. I'm, in, I'm in Iraq. It's like it's going crazy. It's, it's so strange. But yeah, it, it's strange, but it's it's true at the same time. Yeah, and we have to be aware of it because I think a lot of us could be in that space if we have, sure. if we had the, the experience. If you grew up in a war zone in some way, you know, emotionally, that's more comfortable than peace. It sounds crazy, you know. Goes back to this why again why I really appreciate the work that I've done with Joe Dispenza is because like now I know that there's a certain neural connection and neural pathway that says this is my reality. This is this feels comfortable which then creates a certain chemical biological reaction in my body, which then creates a literal visceral fucking feeling. Yeah. So that feeling is attached to, is attached to chemicals, which is a connect to, attached to memories and connections in my brain. Yeah. So if I know that, then I could stop identifying with it and start to breathe. Now I get to create a new feeling and neural pathway, a new, a new neural connection, which is why I use things like EMDR and EFT and, and affirmations. I do kinetic loops with all the other, other stuff. The reason why is because now I'm telling the body a different story. I then have a new physical reaction. It then creates new chemicals in my body. This creates new connections in my brain. And now the new way starts to feel safe. And I can open and receive more and relax into that. Because you said something that was fucking beautiful and brilliant, right? The idea that I can just be loved for existing. If you're listening to this or friggin' watching this and you, you're not driving, you can be safe. Close your eyes, take a breath, and just contemplate for one to two seconds. I can be loved. I am loved for just existing. it's we're at a time right now where it's becoming more and more impossible to to feel that way oh my god yeah so now that we're going towards ai too yeah Ooh, let's talk, i mean we'll do show i you know, I, you know anyway <laughs> i all the things all the things right now such a beautiful interesting time yeah we came here at this time for a reason bro yeah we got work to do man people i think anyone listen to this yeah well i get i get also those comments being like you're, you're crazy you know you're, yeah. you're a conspiracy theorist whatever but sure what, what I do think is that those who are listening to this that yes, can, I am. Can, can take in is that 
how can we cultivate, which I struggle with right now, I'll be, I'll be vulnerable. I, I struggle with this, like after COVID, after all the bullshit we've been experiencing, how can you be, even though I believe it intellectually, how can your body be like divine? Something is yeah. working itself out. Like yeah. amidst all this bullshit we're experiencing, you know, it's neural order bullshit. How, how can we get to a space where we're like, even though this is fucking horrible and I want to be yeah. aware of X, Y, Z, how can I surrender to it? How can I believe in my heart that this is working out for, for the best, the best that can be? Yeah. I'll give you two things. Want to do them right now? Want to do one? Do what? One of the things. Sure. Physically, we'll actually do it. Yeah. Okay. Put your feet on the ground, uncross things. Get a little... Well, you're taller than me. I'm going to get a little to the <laughs> front of the seat so my feet can touch the ground. Back upright. We're going to get into what I call the royal position. You are a king. You are a divine freaking king. Right? You're all kings and queens. So I'm going to invite you to take your sit bones. Make sure your shoulders are up, down, and back. Relax them over your sit bones, your hip bones. So there's a natural curvature in your lower lumbar, but your upper back is straight. Your body is holding yourself up and you can feel the weight of the floor or the seat that is holding you up. Your palms are facing up because right now we want to receive. And you're going to put those palms on your lap at approximately a 90 degree angle. You're going to bring your chin slightly down, micro bend down towards your chest. So that way your actual third eye or the center of your brow is parallel with the ground. But also there's a straighter line in the back of your neck and the peak of your head, your actual crown, is going up towards the sky. Now there is a divine light that's coming down, channeling through that crown, through your spinal column, grounding you into the earth. So there's energy and light coming down but it's grounded and that energy and light is going also back up. And all you need to do is take a breath in through your nose. Hold for a second. Exhale through the mouth. On that first stage, immediately the thoughts begin to slow down. Like a snow globe being shaken, the flakes are falling to the ground. The second breath in through the nose. Pause. Exhale. You actually feel your nervous system and body start to relax. The third and final. Breathe in. Hold. Let go. A space opens up. And more of your true self, divine self, can be experienced and expressed. In this place, knowing that you are safe, I invite you to visualize yourself going to what you might consider being your happy place. At the count of three, two, one. An open room out in nature, on a mountain, by a beach, blank space. Wherever you are, trust it. Take a breath and just take in your environment, wherever that is. Just relax into it. Know that you are safe here. You're grounded here. Really, this is a place of your creation for you. And now bring up the thing that you've been judging, fighting, resisting, the thing that's bringing up whatever anger you're experiencing, fear you're experiencing. 
whatever it may be. New World Order, Chemtrails, Illuminati, your dad. Pick one thing in this space. Just bring it up in front of you like a movie. When you have it, just say, I have it. If our challenges truly are our greatest gifts, then when someone gives you a gift, you say? That question? Mm-hmm. Thank you. So look at this thing that's in front of you in your happy place. This thing that you got creating whatever resistance, frustration, anger, and really connect to it and feel those feelings. Like give yourself permission to be like, fuck you. Whatever's coming up. Mm-hmm. Now I invite you, if you can, to the best of your ability, smile. You might do this if you're listening and watching and maybe it's a parent who's done harm to you. It might bring up tears, anger. You might be smiling through gritted teeth to the best of your ability. Communicate to your body. You're safe. This is a gift. Smile. Just notice in one microsecond, did anything change between you and the relation to that thing? Doesn't matter if it did or didn't, just notice. Now breathe. And through that smile, say thank you as you exhale. Thank you. Do it again. Breathe. Look at it. And say thank you. Thank you. And just notice if anything in your body is beginning to relax, to accept, if there's less resistance. If not, keep breathing, smiling, and say thank you until it feels even just a little bit true. You may not get fully there in the first time. When you notice there's a physical shift and it feels a little bit true, like I almost believed that thank you, or maybe you fully believed it. The next and final question as you sit in meditation and contemplation is to ask, what is here for me? Ask internally, quiet to yourself, as you have said thank you and you see this gift in front of you. What is here for me? You'll hear one answer, ask again, what is here for me? Now, whatever you're receiving might be pinpointed, practical, exact. It might be abstract. It might be scary or or feel untrue. Just accept what comes up. You may hear nothing. And so being in that place, what is here for me? And when you feel ready, you feel complete, Take a breath. Give thanks for the opportunity for that moment. Anchor in and exhale out through your root chakra, your spine, your bottom, into the earth. One more time. Let it all go into the earth. Ground it in. And whatever your body feels like it needs to do, start to come back. Three, two, one. 
one in this place. You can move your feet, move your hands. You can, at this point, you could lay on the ground and cry. You could take a bath. You could drink water. You could jump up for a minute and bounce and dissipate the energy. Whatever your body feels like it needed to do to release, do that. And then I usually have people journal whatever came up. Journal the whole experience. Where were you? What did you feel? What was the event? How did you feel when you said thank you? When you asked what was here for me, what came up? Yeah, it's good to take a, a break to switch cards, but I'll, I'll unpack that further when we come back. But thank you yeah. so much for that, man. That was... Yeah. We're back. Let's unpack that experience. I'll, I'll explain what came up for me. Yeah. Is that in the process, what was once, maybe this is, what, is it expected? What contracted me, what stopped me from receiving, opened up. Okay. I felt my heart open up. Is that where you felt it physically? I felt my heart, body? My heart okay. open. I felt like a softness in my heart to, to then. Yeah. Because I feel like whatever you're you're stuck to in, in that, like, suffering or you're hating something. But I felt that moment is it's blocking me from receiving something. Yeah. And once I was removed, I felt the softenings opening up. Yeah. Where I was able to then receive. Yeah. If you want to distill things always to its simplest point, everything's bringing us back to love. Everything's bringing us back to receiving. It's, it's yeah. interesting we came, to, we came to that and that you felt that. Are you open to sharing a little bit more of the experience? Yeah. The audience might like to hear, and I, yeah. I want to go through it with you a little bit more. Yeah. What was the thing that you were, like, whatever it was, <laughs> sad, happy, it's this angry? Need, it's, this, it's this need to control outcomes. Okay, got it. Like, how many likes a, a post got, right. how many followers I'm getting, how many, you know, friends I've made. Just, like, things that are, like, egoistic expectations of what I think my reality should be. Gotcha. And when you saw the thing, like tried to visualize that movie, was it you doing all those things or was it like some, some, a symbol or some aspect of your life that represented that uh, way of being? It wasn't me. It was, it was a past pattern. Okay. Got it. So when you close your eyes, you're just kind of visualizing or seeing like a past pattern. I'm seeing a little kid just like trying to fucking, you know, control everything. So this is helpful for the audience because when you close your eyes and you visualize, you might see a literal event from your experience for those who have been abused or I've done this with rape victims, right? You're seeing this event from your experience, right? And it's real. It's visceral. Your body's like, I'm not going to say thank you. I'm not going to receive thank you or see my role in it. None of, none of that. Yeah. Right. So. It's helpful because it can look like anything. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Now, some of this is NLP work, you know, being able to like detach, see a, a visualization. There's more work I would do around this in the future. But point being is you saw that. Now, what were what was the resistance? Was it just like an anger with yourself, a frustration? How did it feel? And what, what was the actual resistance? When you use the word resistance, what does it mean to you? The resistance was... You know, what, what, on the surface level, it's a need to control reality okay. in a way that makes me feel safe. Got it. Which is just matching what my ego needs yeah. to feel comfortable. Got it. Underneath it is more of a, a trauma-based, you know, reaction to feeling like I can't. That surrendering was, so, surrendering was so painful for me growing up that if I just accepted everything coming to me, it, 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 I would have been way worse. So it's like kind of... Reflect on that pattern of feeling like to be safe and to feel like I can survive. It's that I have to control. I can't trust yeah. things just working out. My brain's always focusing on, on that stuff. Yeah, that's so good. 
That's brilliant. You, the, like what you, what you're bringing up is what a lot of like coaches, healers, or even people who are like starting to like look for their own healing on this path, they forget that those patterns that we've made wrong, or we look at we look at them as wounds, and we're trying to correct them. We forget like they served us, mm-hmm. right? They had value. There's a reason you did that. Right. It was brilliant at the time of your little unknowing self to do that, to protect itself, you know. And what I find is a lot of times it's because it's actually really highly sensitive beings, beings that are really connected to spirit, um, to other people who are here to use their brilliance, who are here to be channels for spirit or maybe even other connected beings. If you however much you or your audience believes in that, um, or even just to be, even if we take it out of those crazy realms and we just come to the fact that, no, let's not make it that woo-woo and just say you're just a really empathetic being because your empathy allows you to feel what other people are struggling with yeah. so you can help them better. No matter where you go with that, how extreme you want to be, you know, whatever your belief systems are, um, either way, it's a gift. But when you're younger, you feel like that's going to, like you said, overwhelm you, blow your system out. It's too much. And so you create these processes and it's actually kind of a good thing you're just now in a, in a place where you're ready to unravel that right. so that's also great when, when you're uh healing and you're going on these things and this stuff comes up and you're an adult and you're like oh my god this is overwhelming you also get to remind yourself this is coming up now because i'm ready that's a really healthy reminder yeah i'm coming to it because i can go through it yeah it's extremely important that's like the epitome of you got this yeah you get what i'm saying yeah it's huge yeah. So I'll just come full circle on this. The reason why I'm, uh, the next thing I want to know is when when you said what was here for me and you felt like a little relaxing in the heart, what's here for you? So I'm being asked to master letting go, to get to a place where I can receive because I feel like it's, I, I do feel like I, you know, I also believe that our shadows are also there, as you said, to service for a certain amount of time. I do think that part of me that was trying to control everything probably got me to where I'm at now. You know, I, I, I everything, good school, whatever, right? all that got me here now. Yeah, yeah. So now I think I'm being, because now it's showing up for me before, more than before. So I think now I'm being asked, okay, you needed that shadow, whatever, to get you here, but it's not going to get you, get you to where you want to go mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. So I was being told in that moment, hey, you know, it's, you should let this go and it's okay now. Yeah. It's okay to let this go. And that, okay, I felt my heart be like, I felt it being like, yes, the heart, the the God in me was like, yes, yeah. it's okay to do this. And so it is. And so it is. And it brings you back. It brings back to the question that you had about like, when do I do and when do I surrender? And how do I know my doing is coming from a place of like, you know, is this, you know, contraction or resistance or serving me or is it a good place? And it comes back to that. You know, if you can get to that place where it's like you feel that shift and then whatever you're told to do from there, do that. It may not be, it still may not be perfect. It still may just bring you to your next lesson, but it's going to serve you a lot more than had you just reacted from that previous space, you know? And what you're seeing is, is like when you said like, what I saw was this old experience of me of trying to get all this validation and check my likes and all this stuff and the need to control all of that and the algorithm so I can get however far on this you know program. When you saw that and you start to kind of let that go and you're seeing what's, what's there for you, that brings us back to what I shared earlier about like do without the expectation. 
you know? I have, like, I, I really enjoy Joe Rogan's podcast personally. And sometimes I get frustrated because there's so many questions I would be asking his guests. And there's things like when I see him respond to certain things, I'm like, of all the people that you've had on your show and all the frigging mushrooms you've done, how are you still not getting dot, dot, dot? The, the thing I think I'm seeing that he should be seeing, you know, like yeah. all the all the judgments that us humans do. Yeah. And I catch myself and I laugh and I was like, how interesting is that? That's, yeah. so, that's so funny. <laughs> funny me. Funny little me. And I let that go. Yeah. What I love that I learned from him a lot is how little input he takes, like zero articles written about him, likes, yeah. hate, thousands of comments, never looks at one, yeah. doesn't give a fuck. He beat the matrix. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And he makes like 50 million, like the opposite of what you would think. Yeah. Like master the system and then make millions off of it. Yeah. No. Fuck, there is no fuck the system. There is no system. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do me. Yeah. And then Spotify is like, here's fifty million dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he doesn't have to really answer to almost anybody. It's crazy. Yeah. So for what it's worth, it comes back, and he's not thinking I'm going to surrender. Ironically, he's probably he's probably thinking even more control. The irony to that. Yeah. But there is a place where you can do it from that same place where your heart's even more open. And I do believe he's like, he is heart open. He is loving. He's trying to see all points. There's so, so much of what he's doing that he probably doesn't even realize he's doing. A lot of times guests are reflecting to him why it, why what he's doing is so brilliant and why it's yeah. working. You know, I just watched, I listened to uh, one just the other day was doing that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's something that I think anyone who's in this space of, of going back to the human side of it, mm. Well, I think all this cancel culture stuff and this woke stuff so dangerous mm. is because people are now too scared to say how they think or feel. Breach. And what scares me is I was, I'm saying this because I was once that person, right? I was once that, no judgment because I've been there, all love. I was once that super reactionary, liberal, whatever. Same on the other side. Extremes, no good on either side. But it's like for me, it was just like, I couldn't stand someone not speaking with like the mass. Like, I couldn't stand someone speaking freely. I was so f scared of, of, of speaking what I thought. When someone did, the ego, the shadow, the unconsciously, I'd then be like, what the fuck? You da, 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 da. And what's dangerous about that, why, why I was I'm mad at myself back then, is that hmm. when someone now thinks differently, they should be met with, with love, respect, and adoration. Hmm. They're met with 99% hate now. So to think differently, you basically have to agree that you're going to receive a fuck ton of hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, which is yeah. like, it's fuck, but it's what sad. people have to realize is that the only way you're going to make it in this industry, not make it, but like f not lose your brain right, right. is to be, to not, not care about that, to truly be like, I'm just, I'm not, I believe this, I'm saying this, that I can get a million positive comments and get a million negative comments, but yeah. all I know is I have to say this and sticking to that is what, is what cre creates change. So exactly what you're saying is that losing that control, even though it fucking is terrifying, man, yeah. like you're, you're going to evolutionary root stuff where the whole tribe is coming out to kill you. It hurts. It's scary. No, yeah. no matter what, I still face the fear. Yeah. But in that moment, choosing like, you know, I just feel something in me. I have to do this. Mm. And I'm not going to, you know, be looking at the commentary every five seconds. Uh, exactly what you're saying. That That's what it takes nowadays yeah. to, to, to have an opinion, to have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> it's uh, so in terms of also going on the free speech line, mm -hmm. what's also dangerous is that I do think spiritually, going with the spiritual element, 
we each come with a very unique perspective with unique experiences, whether it be you know, past lives or now, mm-hmm. that we have to feel safe to speak out. So, so I want to get you talking about that now is that how can you get to a place where you know, you can feel in your body where it's, you can override the hate. You can be like, man, something in me has to share this. Yeah. Like I really, something in me, I really have to share this. Yeah. How can, you get, how can we individually get to that point where we feel so strongly in us that something is, is screaming out, say this, man, say it, say it, say it. And we could ignore the, the haters. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. I, I, I believe that there's a lot of a lot of paths to the same point in the mountain. So to what you just asked, I think there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Uh, one, insulating your circle of really solid people that you know and who got your back right because it's like all the hate in the world but i still at least i've got someone who can reflect back to me what's real what's true i can trust them i can come to them for like security for safety for like brotherhood for friendship like someone's got me that's one another thing is just to look at what your successes have been no matter how minor a lot of people who are trying to um, be something in the world, they'll downplay so many of the things that they've done. They, they really won't appreciate themselves yeah. for so many of their wins and successes because it doesn't look like fill in the blank, right? It doesn't look like the, the plane and the yacht yet. So everything is still not a success, even though they've, you know... Yeah, they, the ego, they, ego creates like a perfect right? image of what yeah. you think success should be. Yep. It fools us into believing that's the only path to success. So if it's not this big thing, it's meaningless. So start to build a foundation of confidence through all of your little wins, you know? What's what's a little win? I mean, sometimes a little win could just be like, I meditated consistently for three days in a row, you know? It can can be like, today I woke up, I took really good care of myself. Like, it's really important to understand what your intent, like to be conscious of what your intentions are. Like for me, when we're talking about freedom of speech, it's like I can always come back to I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. I genuinely feel in my heart. I may not. I may. I may mess up. I may offend the wrong group. Which is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's part of part of the human experience. Yeah. This is this is what I. This is in addition to what you already said about the whole cancel culture and people not feeling free to speak their mind. What I really hate is the fact that people don't feel um, safe to make mistakes. Big. One mistake will annihilate your entire career, which affects your whole fucking family and you being able to feed your kids. And it might have been a tweet from fucking 10 years ago. That's insanity. Like we're trying to kill our heroes every day. And it's insane. So uh, point being is that one, um, like, like I said, Insulate your, your, yourself around a good circle of friends to build up your self-confidence through your little wins and also coming to what's my intention. If you had a good intention, then you can actually rest and feel safe that I meant well. Yeah. Number two, um, I have all these successes that I can build on no matter how small I'm, I'm, I am, you know, I am valid. Right. And sometimes that, that's still a superficial thing, but it's helpful if you're in the beginning stages of this. Yeah. Number three, I've got a community that can support me or even just one good friend who loves to support me. I've got my mom. I got my dad, who, who, whoever that that person is. 
those are three examples of like that. I can get to a place of saying this because, yeah. right? My intention's good. I've, I've, you know, I have other successes and wins and I can trust my, my self-confidence and I've got people who care about me and love me. So even if the haters come, you know, I'm not completely outcasted from the tribe. I'm not going to die. Yeah. Let's take it. I've written an article about this exactly. And that was a conclusion cool. I came to is, is knowing you have secure attachments outside of the mob to go back to and thinking deeper, you got to realize that you have your own love to go back to. Yeah. That means to even like just know in your heart that you have the ability to hand yourself love and, and be with yourself when everyone just wants to, to come at you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, I always do that is, is when I know that people aren't going to like what I say, it's known that, you know, I, I am love. You know, I can, I can come back to it in a way I can feel it. And why I asked this and I try to relate, I'm not just some, some, you know, white, white looking guy wanting to go on and on about woke, whatever. I, I come back to it because I do feel like it's, it is tied to spirituality and personal development that like um, feeling like you can say what you have to say and not fear opinions, not need validity is reflective of being in, in true power with yourself. Yeah. That's why I say it's not to just, you know, be, be annoying. It's, it's me to say that like <laughs> you, you, you it, if you can truly say what you feel, it's reflective of, of, of really feeling a deep, deep power within yourself. Yeah. And, and that's huge. That's why that's why I say it. Um, there's there's another side to that coin. I always like to play like the 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 cliched phrases, devil's advocate. It's important in conversation. Yeah, I like to try and see the other side. It's like, well, the other side of that is like, do you have to say it? Yeah. Right. Like, what's the intention? Yeah, Are what's you the intention? It to, like piss people off or yeah, and check your ego at the door. Like, yeah. does it need to be said? Like, one of my favorite questions is something that was gifted to me by a friend many, many years ago in the work that he was doing. The question was, "Is this mine to do?" So, right now, there is a lot of people afraid to say certain things, and then there's a lot of people who are like waiting every second scrolling for the next bandwagon to jump on yeah. the next gaslighting thing to say the next thing to be like oh i think that too i'm part of i'm part of the tribe yeah. hey look at me i think this too look at my opinions my opinion my opinion yeah. and it's like holy shit so it's like you said there's these extremes yeah right see there i'm either shut down i'm scared to say anything because of what might come at me i might get canceled i might get you know my my my, my algorithm dinged and i'm gonna get shadow banned or i can't shut up and i've got yeah. the next the next like banner and flag around my my image on instagram yeah. every day right yeah and that's the ego being fed like for me i tune in i was like the, the thing i really care about that i want to make an impact on with my voice um with with one of the things that like really outside of my work, of course, and like serving in this way, the thing I feel so strongly about that I think is like the darkest energy on this planet, which I then think allows for millions of other things, right? Um, meaning like money for for arms trafficking, money for this, money for these technocrat elite billionaires who might want to control us. Money for all of that, a lot of it comes down to um, human trafficking and what's happening to children right now. It's insane. Uh -huh. And I'm, I'm bringing this up for a very specific reason that when I tune in, there's so many causes I could get behind. There's so many things that 
are are very important right now. And rather than jumping on a bandwagon and thinking I need to save, rescue, do everything, when I tune into like what is mine to do? Powerful question. Yeah. There's so many things I end up not saying. There's so many causes I, I don't get behind. It's not because I don't care. I love animals and pets, yeah. you know, but I don't feel like that's that's not my thing. You may tune in and be like, that's my thing. And if we all did that, I feel like there would be um, it, there would be a, like the conversation would shift dramatically. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then then people would feel the genuine care from the person behind what they're crusading or what they're talking about. Yeah. I think a lot of times there's so many voices right now of like this political thing and the Ukraine and all these things and people are blocking it out as noise or calling it crazy. One, because maybe there's cognitive dissonance. They don't believe it's true. They think we're crazy. But I think the other part of it is because the person saying it isn't truly connected. Yeah. And so the heart did not come from the heart. Yeah. And yeah. so the per, the people hearing it are just like, they're just it's easy to dismiss. Yeah. Because you might hear it, see it, whatever. You don't feel it. Yeah, that's why I try and do communication. I think a skill I have is is being neutral in conversations. I can be against from anyone, no matter what they believe in, and find a way to talk to them because mm-hmm. you have to make the person feel come back to love. You have to make the person feel seen. Like mm-hmm. no matter what the fuck they're saying, you may disagree with it, feel them. Like feel their pain. Feel their energy. Make them feel like felt, mm-hmm. and acknowledge that, and then say your piece without like yeah. expecting, without expecting an outcome. Like if you go and being like, I expect you to have this belief that I have, right? right? And you meet them with energy, and you know, fuck your belief, gets fucked. If you feel them, if you see why they believe that you truly do, and you say what you say out of love and not expectation to change them, yeah. that's when when magic is 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 made. And I think I saw an Instagram post you, you posted once uh, that was good comparing uh, fragility to sensitivity. I think that's an important thing to to note here is, you know, knowing when we're being fragile versus sensitive. Maybe you can go go into that a bit to, to you know, wrap things up a little bit like, yeah. on this topic. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's a good point to come to. Um, yeah, there is, there is a difference um, because me being sensitive is me being able to have that empathetic experience of another and being less judgmental. And having a space of being able to receive whatever you're experiencing without me thinking it has to change me. Yeah. That's part part of it. Because a lot of people, they don't want to actually hear what you have to say because they're scared they'll get convinced or or that you're trying to convince them. So immediately they shut down and now there's no more communication. You know, they, like we, we can't get to a place of understanding because I don't want to understand you. That means I then have to let you in and then you might change me and I don't want to change. Right? So that's sensitivity. That's being uh, that that's fragility. That's I'm not actually strong in my conviction and what I believe. Therefore I can't receive yours. Yeah. I'm scared of what you believe and it makes me feel things I don't want to feel or think things I don't want to think or that you're coming to get me. And that makes me fragile. I'm breakable. I'm not strong in my being. I'm not strong in my conviction. I might not even be strong about what I'm saying. I might have something I want to say to you, but because I'm not actually sure about it, like people can come at me with their reactions to my conspiracy theory stuff that I may or may not share, right? Mm -hmm. But I can give them an instant fuck you because I've done 
so much research, like fucking thousands of hours of research. Like when it comes to like COVID, for example, I've done like literally over 8,000 hours of research. I've read books, plural, about viruses. I've then gone to the, the inside of these books when they refer me to like medical journals. I've gone and read the actual medical Harvard study. But the other people are saying the same thing. That's the problem we're facing right now. What happens is, is that the majority will actually come to me and say, um, they'll they'll say that I'm wrong, but because they haven't done the research, because they're not convicted, because they're not grounded in what they're saying, they're scared that you're going to be able to prove them wrong. That's the fragility. So if I'm not grounded in what I'm saying, if I'm scared you're going to change me or convince me otherwise. If I don't feel intelligent and well versed in what I'm saying, and I think that you know uh, you're gonna you're gonna prove me wrong, and I'm gonna look stupid. Yeah. Fragile. Yeah. I think what it comes down to me is being feeling like not giving a fuck about being seen as stupid. That's it. Not giving a fuck about being wrong. Like w- once you stop caring about that, you can actually have genuine conversations, yeah. right? Because I can talk to anyone. I don't need a belief to be validated. Yeah. I, I couldn't care less. I know in my heart that I'm a smart person. True. I know in my heart I'm kind. As you said, I, don't, I, know, I know I'm a good person. Nothing you say can change that, right? So I don't need you to agree with anything I say. And even though it sounds like weaker than normal, but it actually creates so much more space to have conversations. Yeah. It, it neutralizes the charge. You can feel someone like who, like, uh, you know, I went to, I went to Ivy League College. I was in that, I was in that space sure. of, of like, these like people just like super like, like this, not seeing any way out. And what it was is that they were so fucking insecure about so many other things. That's it. But they needed to be validated as the most intelligent person, right? right. So if I ever challenged their, their perspective mm-hmm. on anything, yeah. it was like it was like me calling them dumb, which is their only way of being seen as as, as valid person sure. and their only way they know how to feel loved. Yeah. So you're, you're attacking their core wounds. So you're yeah. saying it's 100 percent right. Yeah. In in Western culture, man, we're obsessed with the intellect. Yeah. Right. It's everything because we don't have that connection to spirit. The mind is everything. Ego is everything. The intellect is everything. Everything is external. Everything is physical. When that starts to break down, oh my God, who am I? Where am I? Fear. Fear sets in. Fragile. That's being fragile. Some of the most outspoken are the most fragile. I I use the analogy of everything, every every shadow and every light has its parallel. So fear is the guy in the corner cowering like this, that they're scared they're going to die or get beat up or shot. Yeah. fear is also the person holding the gun that says I'm going to shoot you before you shoot me Yeah. so there's a lot of people out there who are like the loudest and the most fragile Yeah. Right. because they're scared to have their opinions judged they're scared to be changed they're scared to let in other ideas they're also scared to let in your feelings yeah. true sensitivity says I can feel whatever you're feeling this is great for like people who are in, in relationship yeah. or in partnership with somebody as, as a masculine i'm sure you've heard this and you know through mpb and through also your other healing work with you being able to actually sit with your partner and feel your partner's feelings and not have to judge them to shut down to hold space that's sensitivity yeah when you can't do that that's fragility and that's also you know it has nothing to do with intellect right like mm-hmm. if you go into, into a situation like that where your partner's having an issue mm-hmm. and you go straight to analysis, right. intellectually getting it. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the woman who's smarter than us in many ways, in her feminine nature is just like, nope, I'm not having nothing to do with that shit. Right. But when you get to a space where you just feel, where you remove the need to understand or analyze or be right, and you just feel and with them holding their hand while they process something, 
And that goes against everything we're taught, right? Everything, everything we're taught. And that's the, actually the only thing we have to know in any, in any situation. So, you know, it's a good place to end, good, good stamp to, to end on. But do you want to shout out any, any places people can find you? I'm sure after everything you said, you know, they want to start looking at things or getting yeah. in contact with you. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the container that you're creating for these ideas and, and the work that you're doing. So thank you. Um, yeah, Insta Instagram's great because then you can my link tree is on there, and then in my link tree I've got a free uh, you know a free video series. If you want to start to get a little bit into my my work, there's a few uh, a free video series. If you go to um, adversity to abundance.com adversity to abundance.com um, but all those links whether it's you know my programs or my other profiles are there and you know i love when people message me directly that hey i saw this and it impacted me so you can dm me but yeah awesome yeah it's the easiest way <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming yeah, on. i appreciate, appreciate it, it. Uh, have a good one, guys.